Thursday, May 2nd, 2019. This is the Hermetic Hour. I'm your host, Pope Runyon, and tonight we present the official vision and mission statement of the Church of the Hermetic Sciences and its fraternal order, the Order of the Temple of Astarte. This is the same document that is in our training manual and is delivered to new initiates when they begin training. It gives our history, our philosophy, our traditional initiatory system, our accomplishments, our special programs, yoga, visualization, ceremonial magic, alchemy, divination, soul travel, and celestial Kabbalah. And as a bonus feature tonight, we will discuss the mystery of the pagan community communion set and the mysterious magical alphabet inscribed thereon and we will direct you to our website where you can see it and perhaps help us solve the mystery so join with us and get magical now um we we haven't done anything like this in in, in quite a while, um, but I just started a, a, a new class for beginners uh, just this last weekend, and uh, we read this and and and, uh, and I thought that this would be good, seeing as how this this new class is starting. This would be good to read it uh, on the Hermetic Hour, and uh, so the new members can listen and and all of the all, all of our our guest listeners can listen also. So, uh, this will uh, give you an introduction to the Church of the Medic Sciences and the Order of the Temple of Asarte. Duskete Ipsum, know thyself. The Church of the Hermetic Sciences was incorporated in California in 1971. The Church sponsors a religious fraternal order, the Ordo. Templi Astartes, or the Order of the Temple of Astarte, which was founded the year before in, in uh, 1970. Both the Church and the Order trace their spiritual origins to the near-death visionary experience of Carol Pokranian, that's myself, in the uh, year 1969. I was an artist and a writer of adventure fiction, and I suffered from a totally atrophied gallbladder that had been misdiagnosed as an ulcer. And at that time, ulcers were thought to be psychosomatic, so I attempted to heal myself by self-hypnosis and yoga. Now, these mind-over-body experiments led me into an intensive study of Eastern and Western occultism. And while uh, my physical condition deteriorated and uh, my efforts to exert mind over matter intensified until I crossed the threshold of deep psychic awareness, I discovered or perhaps rediscovered the lost secret of how ancient magicians have summoned spirits to visible, visible appearance in dark mirrors and had conversations with them. Now, this method employed the unique phenomenon of facial distortion that occurs 
when staring at one's reflection in a mirror under low-light conditions. The startling visual transformation into an alien visage with the accompanying change in personality was already known to Eastern adepts as a method of manifesting previous incarnations and to African practitioners as a way of contacting their ancestors. Some Western occultists were using it for the same purposes, but uh, my study of Carl Jung and the Hebrew Kabbalah led me to the realization that Aleister Crowley had been almost correct when he stated that the spirits of the Goetia are portions of the human brain. Now, he should have said the spirits of the Goetia were aspects of the human mind, and thus their identity can be reflected in the mirror of magic in a distortion of one's own facial reflection. I applied the principles of hermetic philosophy along with Carl Jung's concept of archetypes in a universal collective unconscious to this process and discovered that we could reach back into the deepest recesses of our minds and call forth the 72 rebellious spirits of King Solomon's legendary brass vessel. Now, these genie, according to Hebrew and Arabian lore, had aided the biblical King Solomon in building his great temple. The philosophical and psychological analogy behind this was quite obvious. The brass vessel, the brass vessels where you contain the, contain the sigils of the spirits, is the human mind, and the temple is the great work that the rebellious spirits, which are components of the universal and individual mind, are compelled to accomplish. Now, further research revealed that medieval Arabian magicians had used this same mirror method for evoking spirits, but they concealed the actual process by claiming that a mist formed between the seer and the mirror. According to the biblical allegory, wise King Solomon united all the peoples of the Holy Land in one great effort to erect a temple to the supreme and ineffable God, who was worshipped under several names by Jews, Israelites, Canaanites, Phoenicians, and Amorites alike. This was a perfect example of the hermetic philosophy of one ultimate God who permeates and and animates all things. When Solomon called upon Hiram of Tyre, a Phoenician priest king, to help him build the great temple, King Hiram said, Praise the Lord! Now this Lord that King Hiram the Phoenician was praising was known as El. That name El that same El, who was the most high god of Hiram's ancient predecessor, the Canaanite priest king Melchizedek. Now, it was this Melchizedek, the righteous, who gave the patriarch Abraham his original dispensation through the first Eucharist of bread and wine. Judaism, Christianity, and Islam all claim descent from Abraham. Jesus of Nazareth was thrice declared by Paul to have been a priest after the order of Melchizedek. 
Thus, Melchizedek's most high God, El, the compassionate, is the original heavenly father of all three of the world's great monotheistic religions. The son of El was Jehovah, or, or Yahweh. The son of Jehovah, according to the Christians, was Jesus of Nazareth. We hold that Jesus of the house of David and Solomon considered his father to have been the original El, and thus Jesus was declared a priest after the original order of Melchizedek. The daughter of El was the goddess Astarte, who who was venerated by King Solomon. Thus we find that Mary Magdalene was the bride of Jesus and the last priestess of Astarte. King Solomon's temple for all Israel, including the Phoenicians, reconciles all differences between the three great biblical religions of today for those who are enlightened enough to perceive the sublime truth in the allegory of wise King Solomon and his friend and ally, King Hiram of Tyre, both working together to build a temple to the God they worship by different names and in different ways. But with one God, we are still left with the problem of patriarchal imbalance. El is is masculine. And yet, the most ancient holy books, the pre-biblical tablets of Ugarit and Rashamra, we find El ruled jointly with his consort, Lady Asherat of the Sea, who may be considered the feminine aspect. From the Book of Kings, we learn that King Solomon built a temple to the goddess Astarte. Thus, Solomon the Wise balanced the masculine and feminine archetypes. Astarte was the goddess of love and fertility, the very necessary female component in an otherwise unbalanced religious equation. Her traditional consort was Prince Baal, the year king. He was the sacrificed god of the most ancient traditions and the original horned god of the earliest Neolithic hunting and agricultural cults. His early death and rebirth was one of the earliest of many resurrection myths. Inspired by this, I chose Thabion as my magical name. Now, Thabion, having been the first hierophant of the ancient Phoenicians, according to the philosopher Sancho Niato. Now, after reading Jesse Weston's From Ritual to Romance, I realized that Baal and Astarte of ancient Canaan were in a direct line of dying gods and their resurrecting goddesses, beginning in the Bronze Age and culminating in the advent of Jesus and Mary Magdalene at the beginning of the Common Era. And uh, the Formitural to Romance is based on a Gnostic document called the, called the Nessaean document, uh, and uh, the, so there's a, there's a Gnostic component in this very definitely. And we could say that uh, Jesus and, and Mary were Valentinian uh, Gnostic Christians, and so are we. For Roman Catholics, the Virgin Mary was, has assumed the role of, divine, of the divine feminine. For Jewish people, the Shekinah 
is God's female manifestation. But these are both later developments that came long after the time of Solomon. And it was these two ancient archetypes, Baal and Astarte, that I had first contacted in, in my dark mirror experiments because they were, Baal and Astarte were, Baal and Astaroth, uh, the so-called demons of the Goetia. They had been transformed into, into demons. They subsequently inspired me to research and create a modern hermetic rendition of their ancient religion, the religion of King Hiram of Tyre, and if we are to believe the Bible, the religion uh, was honored by King Solomon himself. Now, we needed an initiatory framework for the order of the Temple of Astarte, so I consulted another work, the history and practice of magic by the French author Paul Christian, from which we adopted Christian's Mysteries of the Pyramids as a ceremonial entry into the OTA. Now, we soon discovered that this initiation, which which Paul Christian had attributed to Iblichus, was actually a one-degree epitome of a 1770s German paramasonic seven-degree system called Kraterapoa, which was supposed to be based on the hermetic mystery schools of Greco-Egyptian Alexandria. Now, we soon expanded our one-degree version into a full seven-degree system, adjusting the Greco-Egyptian symbolism to accommodate our Solomonic Phoenician tradition, calling the resultant hybrid the Craterapola Reformato. Now, while studying for my master's degree in cultural anthropology at California State University, Northridge, I completed the four pageants that comprise the seasonal rites of Baal and Astarte. And since 1974, these four religious dramas have been performed each year upon the solstices and the equinoxes by members of the church and the order. They symbolize the four primal operations of spiritual alchemy culminating in the sacred marriage of springtime. Starting in in summer with the purification through sacrifice, calcination, the resurrection of the spirit in the fall, solution, and the victory over chaos with the sun's return in the dead of winter and separation. We culminate this cycle of seasonal rites with conjunction in our communion of the elements ceremony, and this is a solemn Eucharist of seven sacraments, incense, fire, honey, honey liquor, bread, salt, oil, and the kiss of love, kiss of agape, symbolizing the sacred marriage at vernal equinox. This perfectly relates to the Valentinian Gnostic Christian concept of the sacred marriage, You'll find that described in the, in the Gospel of Philip of the of Christ and his priestess bride being the true passion, not the crucifixion in Valentinian Christianity. This ceremony was administered by our ancient mentor Marcus the Valentinian, 
who carried the Holy Grail to southern France and was the father of the Greek Kabbalah. We have recovered Marcus's secret key linking the Kabbalah to the celestial sphere and the constellations in a system we call the Soma Sophia. And we we believe that this was the this this was the origin of uh, D and Kelly's uh, elemental elemental watchtowers of the universe tablets. We also venerate and invoke the traditional archangels common to Judeo-Christian and Islamic lore. Raphael, Michael, Gabriel, and Oriel. These mighty and powerful beings of light are evoked through the rediscovery of another ancient secret of magic, the art of scrying in the crystal globe. We attribute them to the hermetic philosophical elements of air, fire, water, and earth. And we visualize them as male and active elements and female as passive elements. And they are personified representatives of the fourfold name of God, which we, der- which we derive from the three mother letters of the Kabbalah. We do not use the Hebrew tetragrammaton in respect to those who consider it proprietary. And because we consider the mother letters to be more appropriate, our fourfold name of God derives from the creative principle outlined in the Kabbalistic Cuba space. Of all our contributions to the Western, before I get into that, let me mention this. The Samaritans, to this day, have a have an earlier tradition and a more ancient tradition of this than uh, than than the Orthodox uh, the Orthodox Judeans. And when a Sumerian priest sees YHBH in his Torah as he's reading it to his congregation. He pronounces it Shema, and those are the three mother letters, the Sephirot Zero. And um, if you think I'm, if I, if you think I'm trying to slide something on you, I suggest that you go ahead and look that up and confirm it. Uh, and uh, okay. of all our contributions to the Western tradition, one of the most important is our unique conception of a complete straight line Kabbalistic chakra. Chakra system, which follows the Golden Dawn's middle pillar exercise. This configuration was also inspired by the German philosopher Johann Gichtel's Natural Man engraving, and the Golden and the Golden Dawn's diagram of the Flaming Sword on the Tree of Life, and also the works of jo- Jacob Worm and, uh, and 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 Flood, and now the West well, now Western students of the magical art can internalize their entire symbolic microcosmic universe 
along the spine in the same manner as the Eastern Adepts, in a practice similar to that of Tibetan Tantric Buddhists, with their many pagan god forms. Now, we internalize the ancient gods and goddesses of pre-biblical Canaan, all as aspects of Father El and Mother Asherah. This capability directly empowers Western practitioners with all the techniques and powers of the Eastern Tantric Yoga. I confirmed the perfect and perfected this marriage of Eastern and Western magic through a year of intensive initiations and training with the Sakya order of Tibetan Tantric Buddhism. The archangels of the Kabbalah and the gods and goddesses of our ancient Phoenician pantheon are brought to vivid and vibrant life in these internal chakras or mystic roses, as we prefer to call them. However, the student is always aware that the angels are specialized messengers of God and that pagan gods and goddesses are greater personifications of natural forces and human desires, of which elementals are the lesser personifications. We might say that our mission is to offer the best techniques and processes of ancient and modern hermetic Rosicrucian classical and neo-pagan magical traditions in a unique American system of hermetic magical empowerment and spiritual enlightenment for those hardy romantics who still believe that magic works and that the most powerful creative, it is the most powerful creative force in the universe, which is the human, human imagination. And that our magic is Western culture's preeminent spiritual art form. Well, that, of course, that concludes the mission statement, but I'd like to mention a, uh, a couple of other uh, other accomplishments that we've made. Um, we managed to uh, to unravel and 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 uh, and, and uh, discover the secret behind the chemical wedding of Christian Rosencruz, which is uh, which is the third uh, document of uh, ancient document of the Rosicrucian tradition, and uh, so we have that uh, we 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 un- uncovered the symbolism behind it, and and had have uh, and have perfected that. And uh, and in our highest degrees, the Craterapoa, we call upon we call upon the the medieval German uh, Parzival Wolfram von Essenbach and his very spiritual and hermetic concept. Of the holy of the nature of the Holy Grail, yes, it's 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 Christian and pagan, and it perfectly fits with uh, Valentinian uh, Gnostic Christianity, and also with with the uh, the idea of the ministry of Marcus in in southern France. It, it all ties together, and of course, it ties together with Joseph of Arimathea in uh, in, in in Britain and uh, the entire Arthurian legend, and. So Parsifal is perhaps the most um, esoteric of all of the material uh, romances, and that's very definitely uh, um, a part of our tradition. Um, 
perfectly perfectly blends with the Craterapoa, especially in the seventh degree. Uh, now, I mentioned in the beginning that we had we had a mysterious relic. Now, this mysterious relic is uh, a neo-pagan, what appears to be a a tray and 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 glasses of some sort of a, a communion set. There are six six little glasses with leather sleeves around them, and in in a uh, in a tray, which is is leather. All this is handmade, by the way. And and uh, and very old. It, it's 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 obviously over over fifty years old. Uh, one of our one of our friends, uh, not a member, but but a, but a friend, but a friend, uh, bought this at a swap meet in our canyon, Silverado Canyon, as a swap meet, and and he bought it from from uh, from a lady at that with a with a trading table at the swap meet, and. Um, she said that she thought it was wicked, but she wouldn't say any more than that, and and apparently didn't know any more than that about it. Uh, the little glasses, the six little glasses in this in this tray, have have these little leather sleeves around them, and and very well made, and and they're 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 inscribed with uh, with strange strange characters, uh, and and the and then it sits in a tray. With six six sided a six sided tray about ten inches long and five inches across, and which also has six more of these strange characters around it. Now, uh, these 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 characters they kind of resemble Enochian, but uh, they're, they're they're not Enochian, and and uh, they're they're very strange looking characters. They 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 could, they somewhat resemble astrological signs, but but not not exactly. And and, and naturally, uh, we uh, we have quite a library of books on on magical alphabets. One of the best ones is Jeffrey James's Angel Magic. Uh, and so we have, you know, quite a collection of angelic alphabets. And so after we acquired this relic, uh, I naturally, uh, you know, got out all the books on magical alphabets that we had, including Agrippa, and, and went through and went through them. And I, and I found that these characters, they kind of look like. Old Armenian, like the old Armenian alphabet, a little bit like that, and they're a little bit like uh, like an alphabet that Dante, that Dante once used, an angelic alphabet, and and uh, and one that Jonathan Swift came up with, uh, and and, uh, and and even even resembled one that the French the French aviator mystic this uh, Saint Saint the uh he had one similar to this, but we can't can't identify any any one particular character with any of these these alphabets. So what we've done is Serge uh, Andrea photographed the setup, and and uh, and I had 
I had inscribed all the letters in a separate uh, uh, piece of uh, parchment paper, so that so that it was you could identify the letters. Uh, you know, it was kind of difficult to to read them on the on the leather. Although we did a good, we, we we photographed them well, but 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 it, it I, I have them all. I have the characters copied down on a separate sheet, and we put these. We put the photograph of the of the relic, and and uh, and and the sheet of the, with the characters on our website, and we put it on the public page. So those of you who are not members, uh, you know, you you can see it, and uh, you can go there. And of course, <laughs> naturally, we we want we want you to read the uh, we want you to read the 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 sidebar over there and talks about how to join the associate member program when you when you go look at the uh, uh, when you go look at the the relic. But we also want your help in in in, in deciphering this relic. You know this this could be this could be a a, a divination set. It doesn't have to be. In a, uh, I thought my first thought was that it was some kind of a, a little communion set. For some sacramental communion, it could be that, but it could also be some sort of divination uh, uh, paraphernalia. I don't know, but we, but it's a fascinating mystery, and that, and it's a fascinating, uh, strange alphabet. So it's there on our website, and I, and I want all of you that are interested in solving the mystery and helping us solve it, or those of you who like a mystery like this, to go visit our website, take a look at it. Uh, and that's uh, that's chsota dot org. That's simple. Just chsota dot org. That'll get you there. Take a look, and and uh, and let us let us know. You know, if you've got any ideas that uh, about what it is, let us know, and 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 we'll uh, we'll be you know we're 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 going to solve the mystery one way or the other. Now, um, to uh, make something worthwhile here in the rest of the time we have, um, let me uh, let me get into something that we have not done on on the Hermetic Hour before, and that's that's the temple opening, the way we open the temple in in, in the order of the temple of Astarte. Now, Astaphore should master the invoking pentagram ritual, which is found in the Book of Solomon's Magic, and they should also learn the invocation of the archangels of the four of the four quarters, and also and that which is also in, in, in TBOSM, which is the way we refer to the Book of Solomon's Magic. They should also learn and practice our temple opening, which follows below. And we, the, the, this is in a dark temple. And the priestess in the West says, In the name of Raphael, Lord of the air and master of the twice-forged sword, let there be light in the East. And the acolyte goes around 
to the east and and lights the uh, and lights the candle uh, next to the archangel uh, Raphael. And the priest or the acolyte lights Raphael, and the priest rings the bell. And the priest in the east then says, In the name of Gabrielle, Lady of the Waters, and Mistress of the Holy Grail, let there be light in the west. And uh, the acolyte goes around to the to the west and lights the light on Gabrielle and rings the bell. By the way, we have our angels, our our angels, um, you know, our icons, and and it's nice. We have them in little kind of uh, little, you know, sort of open birdhouses hanging on the walls of the temple with a with a little candle holder underneath them, and that's very nice. And you can do that if you get the copy of the Book of Solomon's Magic. You can you can make color copies out of those. And you can do that. However, uh, we have. We have been doing this for so long that that the rest of the magical community has kind of picked up on it. And so if you uh, have an inner source catalog, you will find statues of these four hermetic archangels in, 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 in the proper genre because uh, Gabriel and, and Oriel should be female and Raphael and Mikhail are, are, are male. Uh, and you'll find these statues that they have, uh, and they're very nice. And uh, so that, that's the that inner source. Uh, so yeah, if you want to do that. Now, uh yeah, here he now by the way also we, we, we use a lighter we use a, a typical Catholic church lighter snuffer, uh, you know, uh, the one with, with this. Uh and also we use it to light the altar. And the priestess in the West then says, In the name of Mikael, Lord of the fire and master of the sacred lens, let there be light in the south. And so the acolyte goes around to the south and lights the fire in the south and uh and the priest rings the bell. And the priest in the east then says, In the name of Ariel, Lady of the Earth, and Mistress of the Brazen Shield, let there be light in the north and upon the table of art. And so and so the um the acolyte goes around, he lights Ariel, and then he turns around and he lights he lights the candles on the altar. Uh, the four candles on the altar surrounding the crystal ball, if we're, in fact, doing a, an invocation, you know, an invocation operation. And uh, and then the priest says, and upon the shrine of Our Lady Astarte, and then he turns and he, and he reverently lights the candle on the shrine of Our Lady Astarte, and we should have, in that case, a little shrine with a statue of, of the goddess Astarte and uh, Eternal Source, that the same catalog. They also have a little statue of Astarte if you want to if you want to get one. Uh, now, and now we ring the bell, and this is gradually what this is doing is is it's illuminating the temple. Because we start off in, in a dark in a dark temple with this, we illuminate the temple.
And then the priest in the east says, what is the key? And everybody says, as above, so below. And the priest says, what is the creed? And we all do, do the signs at this point and say, to know, to dare, to will, and to keep silence. And the priest in the west says, what's the secret of the way? And we all say, in your temple you are one of the gods. And the priest and the priestess in unison would, uh, they make the signs and say, Ataki Borli, Alam Adonai, the temple is, or hinge, is open. And the priest uh, hits the gong three times. Uh, and uh, the temple closing is exactly the, is this, the, the reverse. Thanks be to Gabriel, that darkness descends in the west. And, uh, of course, this lighter snuffer that the acolyte has has a, has a kind of a, a little snood on it so he can go over and, and extinguish the candle in front of the, uh, the angel. And um, the priestess says, Thanks to Mikhail, let the darkness descend to the south. And the same thing, he goes around to the south and extinguishes it. I'm turning pages in the tra- in the training manual here as I'm doing this. Uh, thanks be to Oriel, let darkness descend to the north. And 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 then the priestess uh, says, "Thanks be to Raphael, let darkness descend in the east, and upon the table of art, and upon the shrine of Our Lady Astarte, we extinguish the candle, or the icon, the candles on the altar, and the candles on the shrine, and the priest and priestess bring bring the the, the sign of closing down. Adapti Borli, Olam Adonai, the work is finished. The temple is closed. The acolyte strikes the gong or rings the bell thrice. So, that closes the temple. And, uh, and as we close the temple, that is a good time to bring our session to a close. And remember, next week we'll be back with another uh, exposition of hermetic, uh, hermetic secrets or, or knowledge. If you, if you, uh, that 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 will uh, be of interest to those of you who follow who follow our tradition and others. Uh, and remember now that. Uh, We have that uh, mystery on the website that we want you to look at. So uh, go there to chsota.org and take a look at the mysterious, uh, mysterious um, uh, neo-pagan uh, relic uh, and give us your opinion if you if you have any idea of what it is and what it's used for and, and what tradition it, it hails from, we would certainly like to know. And meanwhile, good magic, and uh, we'll see you next week. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.